Welcome to episode 37 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm joined by my husband and frequent co-host Jordan Jones. Today we'll be chatting about children's literature and our favorite characters from children's books, um, plus how they affected and influenced who we are today. So it should be a fun conversation. Let's go ahead and get started. All right. Hi, Jordan. Hey. So... I wasn't quite sure what the podcast this week was going to be about, but I decided when it became apparent that we would be co-hosting together again that it might be fun to talk about our favorite children's books and children's characters, but also really how they might have affected um, our adulthoods. (laughs) So, what did you like to read when you were a kid? Well... Okay, so you. Or told did me, you like to read when you were a kid? I, I did. I did. Um, I can see looking back, certain characters that definitely influenced me. But when you asked me to do this today, earlier today, I thought to myself, I said, okay, what characters did I read as a child that influenced me? And I know for a fact that you were heavily influenced by certain characters. Or at least I think you were. Yes. Um, I think. I was probably less influenced as a child by characters and more influenced by books that I read in college and on. Nevertheless, there are a few moments in my childhood at various points where I can definitely see characters in books that influenced me. The first was probably about the age of, the age of four. Um, <laughs> there's a book that I really like called Pig Will, Pig Won't. Okay. And I think it's a Richard Scary book. Because it has lowly worm in it. It I, is. I, okay. That is Richard Scary. Um, it's, it's a great book. I, I remember... Um, I think we might have it in the store right now, actually. Okay. <laughs> when, when I was young, it was like a big rectangular book. It was, it yeah. was tall. They sell the big, um, tall Richard Scary books, and they also do some now that are like short little paperbacks. So Okay, so this was the big, you know, tall paperback. And at the time, it felt like the book was about as tall as I was. Because um, I, I was three or four. And, and I remember... It wasn't so much that I was reading it, but my parents would read it to me until I could read it uh, or memorize it, whatever you do at, at that age. And um, it, it heavily, I think it heavily influenced me, or else I just liked it because I was already like that. I don't know which came first, first the chicken or the egg. Did I, did I read books and the characters in there influenced me? Or did or was I already a certain way and I read the characters that I liked? I don't know, but but pig <laughs> will it is heavy. It is heavy. Oh, boom. Um, pig will pig won't was all about two brothers. And I remember one of them wore they were and they were both pigs that could talk and walk and everything, and one of them had red overalls and one of them had blue overalls. And the one with red overalls always did what his parents told him to do, and was always obedient and did what he was supposed to do. And the one in blue overalls always did always said well, I won't do it he was always disagreeable and I always identified with pig will um and the obedient the obedient one yeah <laughs> shocking and, and my parents have always said I was naturally obedient that's not always a great thing um in, in some ways it's good and in some ways there are challenges too but but I think that book either influenced me at a young age because um, I was a rule follower or or maybe I just it just sticks out to me because I was already naturally that. And so 
why wouldn't I identify with pig will? You know, and at the end of the book, you know, you know, the, the whole book, looking back, it's kind of funny because the whole book consists of the brothers being taken to the grocery store and to the mall and pig will always says yes and he ends up getting all the ice cream and all the candy and all the good stuff and pig won't is, is perpetually in a foul mood. And then at the end, pig won't decides he needs to, to convert to pig will and so he becomes pig me too. So, so they're both pig will, but anyway, that, that's, that's the earliest one I can tell, I think, that influenced me. Well, I admit you took um, this conversation to a younger place than I myself <laughs> went. I, I acknowledge that. That was my fault. <laughs> no, I, no, I think that's um, fascinating. I do not have very many memorable books from my five and under stage of life. Um, in fact, I... I don't really know of any. Um, I know my parents read a lot to me, but I personally don't remember a ton of books from before kindergarten. Um, But the first books I ever remember reading on my own were American Girl books, Mm. which are still popular today, but I'm an American Girl purist, and I don't think the ones they're putting out today are quite the same Mm, as the ones that I read as a kid. Um, I do think they're using some of the same authors now. I think I just read that recently. So I remember Valerie Tripp um, wrote the Molly McIntyre books. Um, Molly and Felicity were my two favorite characters, but I also held a special place in my heart for Kirsten because that was the first, the first book, those were the first books I ever read, um, and she was the first American Girl doll I ever got. Mm. Um, but looking back, those books influenced in me, and I think I've actually talked about it on different podcast episodes. Um, I'm not too much of a historical fiction reader now, but as a kid, I really was. So this, the American Girl series eventually led into the Dear America books, um, which our manager, Rebecca, also really liked and enjoyed. Um, they were diaries, fictional diaries of, um, either real, um, real famous historical characters like Marie Antoinette, um, or Pocahontas, um, or they were, um, fictional characters, but just based in a real period in time, like a civil war era, um, girl. So anyway, this, the American girl books led into an interest, I think in history. And that is what to me was so great about those because not only were they really well-written, interesting stories about these girls who were about my age, well, actually they were a few years older than I was at the time I was reading them. Um, but they also gave me an innate curiosity, I think for history Mm, and made me ask questions. And I wanted to know more about world war two and Molly's time period. I wanted to know, um, what I remember, um, Kirsten, her family was Swedish. And so they celebrated, I think I'm going to pronounce this right. The, um, Santa Lucia, I think is how you pronounce it. Their Christmas festival. And so, um, Anyway, it just made me ask a lot of questions and learn about different cultures and different times, and I'm really grateful for that, and I think it did establish in me a curiosity for those kinds of things. Um, so the so I didn't go quite as young as you, so I didn't start with um, the books I read when I was a toddler, but I do remember in kindergarten and first grade um, really reading the American Girl books, and I remember my mom not getting mad or frustrated, but we would start off reading them together, and then I would read ahead of her. And, um, oh, I'm shocked. Which, yeah. Which I was about to say is pretty indicative of who I am today as well. Um, Your mom was trying to build a relationship and yeah, and a mother daughter thing. You just read right the ahead. Book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that ser- series of books immediately came to mind. And I do just quickly want to say, a couple of years ago, I found an article online, um, as one does now, um, 
called, I think it was like, what does your favorite American girl character say about you (laughs) as an adult? And so I looked up Felicity and Molly and they were both pretty accurate. And so I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes, because if you're like me and you grew up in the early nineties and you were a female, you probably read those books. Maybe you are reading those books to your daughters now. Uh, I think it'd be really fun for um, people to go back and see what their favorite American girl says about. Yeah. I'm going to have to go on there and see. I, I am familiar with American Girl Doll books because I have a younger sister, and she was really into those. I think I think it's a great idea to produce books, you know, for girls that are historical and where you have a doll. Like like you can play with it. You can oh gosh, learn about it, it. it was genius. It, it's and I remember my sister's like I wasn't into American Girl dolls, but I remember my sister's first one was Addie, and I think her second one was Josefina. And I, now I want to go and look and see what my sister is. So Juliana, if you're listening, look for the link. Um, cause I really, I'm curious now, but my sister was so into these. She would always try to convince me, Hey Jordan, if they ever come out with American boy dolls, would you like an American boy doll? And I would say no. And she would go, well, if, but if you could have Legos or an American boy doll, and I'd say, I want Legos. Well, if you could have this or like, she wanted me to get American boy dolls because Juliana she loved American girl dolls. didn't yet realize that boys had lots of toys and girls didn't. And hence Pleasant Company came out with American girl dolls. Right, right, right. <laughs> so they were created so that girls would have something other than Barbie dolls to play with. And it's a great, and, and <laughs> thank goodness. I, I was about to say, which I am immensely grateful for. Um, Okay, so what else did you like to read as a kid? So, again, the way you phrased the question, I I immediately started thinking of periods in my life. So, Pig Will, Pig Won't was was Young Child. Toddler. Toddler. And then the next series that I really remember getting into was The Boxcar Children. Oh, that's on my list. Um, Oh, excellent. Look at that. That's how... No, that's so funny. We did not collaborate. We didn't. We did not talk about this in advance. Um, (laughs) I was introduced to The Boxcar Children probably in first or second grade yeah that's and i just started burning through them i would get the the pizza mystery and the you know <laughs> it was like all these different mysteries you know the big house the mystery of the big house and and there were four children yes can, do you remember can you say them okay i thought about it um henry mm-hmm. violet uh are you trying to do them in order henry jesse violet and benjamin very good benny. is that right benny benny yeah okay. and each one of them had a favorite color and uh, what was violets? Violets was purple. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse's was blue. Uh, Benny's was red, and I don't remember Henry's, but but I remember something about those books just grabbed me, and I think I always respected Henry. He was always my favorite. Okay, I was going to say so. So I those were some of my favorites too, and um, I. Both of us come from um, families where, where there were two children. So, like, and it we would, were the older. And we were the oldest. Or, yes, the older sibling. And so, but I also had two cousins that I grew up very close with right down the road so from me. So, there were me. four of us. So, there were four of us. Yeah. And in my aunt and uncle's backyard, there was a shed, which I so wish I could go back in time or go back to that house. Um, that they used to live in and see if the shed still exists because in my mind it was a box car mm. like it was yep. it was perfect and I would make my family my cousins and my brother play this with me play box car children mm-hmm. with me because who doesn't love a set of orphans like I feel like still to this day orphans are very attractive um, yeah. <laughs> uh, for for middle reader books um, I don't know why that is but in fact a lot of, of the book a lot of the characters on my list today are from are from orphaned orphan homes but anyway so i found that really 
adventurous and exciting, but I always loved Henry the most. Mm-hmm. Like, he was my favorite boxcar He, he was, I, I would wager, I know why he was my hero, and I, I would wager that this is why he was yours. He was always the oldest and clearly uh, the leader. He was the most the, competent by far. He, he was <laughs> the most competent, and he was he was the one that kept everyone safe. Jesse was reasonably competent, but, but Benny she, was just, yeah. like, running around doing stupid stuff. <laughs> I mean, he was the one that would almost get him Violet killed. Violet liked to read, if I'm not Violet mistaken. Violet was the quiet one. Yeah. Violet was the introvert. And so I think I was supposed um, to like her. I see how you threw the introverts under the bus. I think I was supposed to like Violet the most, but I really liked Henry the most. Yeah, I liked Henry. He, he, was, he was just clearly the leader. You'll uh, be pleased to know boxcar children, at least at the bookshelf in Thomasville, uh, still sell very well. They Good. are some of our most popular middle reader books. Well, um, I, I think I think that series taught me something about curiosity. I mean, it, it's it's looking back, it's simplistic curiosity. But when you're that age, it's not simplistic. It's like, why does that do this? Why why does that operate that way? Why does this work this way? Why did the, and those kids were just inquisitive? And yeah. and even the way the book starts. I mean, I remember this. The, the first sentence is um, one night. Four children stood in front of a bakery. No one knew them. No one knew where they had come from. And it was like even Look, even that's really good. I'm impressed. Even I didn't go back and read that. I remember that. <laughs> that's and, impressive. And, and e- so even the premise of the book was a mystery. No yeah. one knew. And to me, that was just fascinating. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't need to know. Oh, where did they? It was just like whoa. They just appeared. Right. You know, and they, and they have a granddad, so it's like okay, we not know. <laughs> you know, but maybe he adopted. Him. I can't remember. Grandfather Alden. That's but, right. But, but, wow, you have a great memory. Yeah, well, those books made an impact. So yeah, and I think probably they, you know, you and I both liked Henry, and that's probably because we were both eldest children, probably mm. a little bossy and oh, very bossy. Um, Wanted to be the leader. And so speaking of mysteries, so. Boxcar Children led to Nancy Drew, which led to the Hardy Boys, which led to Donna Parker. And I am proud to say that Nancy Drew, Hardy Boys, Donna Parker, Trixie Belden, I inherited my mom and my aunt's books. And so I got to read, like, the original, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the old versions of these Nancy Drew books, which um, my mom still has for me one day for our future home. I was about to say, I think we have them. (laughs) Well, they're still at my mom's house, I think, but um, or my parents' house. But um, so... I think Boxcar Children paved the way for a lot of other books. And to this day, I really do love a really well-paced, well-done mystery book. Or even um, even you and I enjoy watching shows that have to do yeah. with solving something. Um, something being inquisitive and curiosity. Like the Sherlock Holmes series yes. is excellent. Well, and I think we're just both still, and I'm grateful for this, we're both still, I think, pretty curious adults. Yes. And I think that that probably has a lot to do with reading The Boxcar Children and Nancy Drew. Um, I think, too... Um, of Harriet the Spy. That may not have been as big of a deal for you. Um, But Harriet the Spy, I remember reading that book. And in fact, I think Nickelodeon came out with a movie um, that I was like just barely allowed to go see in the theater. And I remember that was the first time I thought, well, this is a disappointment. Like I I remember thinking this movie is not as good as the book I just read. Um, But, and this just goes to show, so books affected my play. Mm -hmm. Um, I would take the books that I read and then I would want to reenact them or I would want um, to play them out, which I think goes to show how important books are for developing imaginations Mm -hmm. in children. Absolutely. Um, But I read Harriet the Spy and I made my brother um, spy on our neighbors with me. (laughs) And so um, my dad had an old uh, Jeep pickup truck and 
um, sometimes, like, when he was home in the evenings, like, he would park it on the street. And so Chet and I would hide in the bed of his truck. And we would... I had a little notebook, because Harriet the Spy had a notebook. And I would spy... You had a notebook? I know, you're shocked. Shop. Uh, I, and we would spy on our across-the-street neighbor. And... Because um, they had teenagers, and that was really just... Oh my gosh, so... So old. Yes, so fascinating. And um, anyway, so my brother and I would play Harriet the Spy together. I don't even know that I called it Harriet the Spy. I think I just called it Spy to make it really um, relatable for my brother. But it just goes to show that the books I was reading affected how I played and and what I wanted, you know, I wanted my family to um, reenact the boxcar children with me. And um, even when I got a little older, because I, pl- I mean, I played for a good long time. <laughs> um, my friends and I would play boarding school or like anything I had read about in a book. Um, I wanted to enact and play um, in quote unquote real life. So yeah, so- I just want to make sure if you don't know Annie, she has one of the strongest imaginations of anyone I've ever met. Um, most of the time it's in her mind. Um, <laughs> but but she has a very strong imagination. And I think, I don't know if books, uh, I think books probably fed that, but I think your imagination also probably fed your reading. That might be true. Because um, I, so a couple of Christmases ago, I actually gifted one of your cousins um, with Harriet the Spy and a notebook. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she ever did anything with Emma, that. I mean, yeah, knowing her, she may have. But I remember thinking, oh, I hope that you have as much fun with this mm-hmm. as I did. And looking back, she probably might have been thinking a book, like a book and a notebook. Thanks a lot. <laughs> like Merry Christmas. But to me, that was like the world. Um, right. I just, uh, yeah, you're, thank you. I I like to think <laughs> that I have a, a well-developed imagination. And I'd like to think that that has to do with loving books so much. Um, okay, what else? Any What other books did you like? I would say, so that, that takes care of my young age. Uh, I would say the first book that really kind of um, started shaping the way that I think about war uh, and, and <laughs> countries <laughs> and patriotism. Okay, patriotism. Uh, was, was Johnny Tremaine. That, that was the first, okay. uh, that was, uh, I think, sixth grade. And, and that was the first time I really kind of, kind of fell in love with a book and thought, I can't put this down. Um, well, that's a lovely thing to say about it. You know, and, and it was just like, it, it, it truly moved me. And I'm, I'm not a person who, uh, is moved just by any and everything, but if something has a very deep meaning, if there's good and evil, if there's something about adolescence or growing up or, or whatever, um, Johnny Tremaine is certainly not on the level of To Kill a Mockingbird, but it, it's got some of the same themes, I think. Which I think now would be a good time to just remind people, like, this is why middle reader books, that's what they're called now. Mm-hmm. I think when you and I were kids, they probably weren't called anything but chapter books. Mm-hmm. But this is why middle reader books and young adult books, I think still, if they're done well, can be some of the most compelling works of literature because they are about coming of age which what is more compelling right, than a kid right. tra- like becoming an adult and um you mentioned um you know good versus evil well to me that's what the harry potter books were right i think i've mentioned before like harry and i started at the same age yes and so i was 11 reading about this 11 year old and mm-hmm. each year i would get to watch him grow up and that looking back that was so i the, those books become, they not only become literally thicker, they also become heavier and darker. And I was aging with those right. because, and let's face it, your world gets heavier and a Absolutely. little bit darker. Absolutely. And um, 
anyway, that's to me more why complicated. yeah, it's more complicated. And I, I love Harry, and I equally love Hermione. I I really hope I am like Hermione, and um, yes. and she really affected, um, I think who I wanted to be as an adult woman. Um, and then you you mentioned like the first time you didn't want to put a book down. Um, so when I was in the third grade, I read little women for the first time, which looking back, that may have been a little young (laughs) to pick up little women. Um, but my parents were pretty great in that they generally let me read whatever I wanted to, to do. And I think I checked that book out from the school library and I believe I've mentioned it on this podcast before, but like little women really had a profound impact on me. I have a prejudice against women and girls named Amy. I get over it after I've met you and gotten to know you. Um, But Amy March was a difficult character for me. Um, But that book was like the first book I remember not just being a page turner because the American Girl books were page turners. um, Boxcar Children were page turners. But like I was moved by that Mm -hmm. book. So just some spoilers if you haven't read Little Women, which you probably should. Um, when Beth dies, I was very moved by that. Um, when Lori and Joe, you finally realize they're not going to get together. As a kid, before I before I really realized what all was happening with, with that relationship, like that was really devastating to me. And I remember... I would read well past my bedtime. Like, that was the one way that I was pretty dis- disobedient, what I guess. a rebel. I know. And I would hide in my closet, which was not a walk-in closet. This was, like, just a bifold, like, you know, uh, closet. And I would sit on top of my shoes and read with a flashlight. And I just, I remember, this is the first book I remember making me cry, um, was Little Women. Did it move you when um, there were some books that got burned? Yeah. That was really devastating to me. And Joe made me want to be a writer. I was in mm-hmm. third grade, and I thought, this is me. I want to be that. And she, um, I don't know if anybody will, re- will remember, but she and her sisters had a newspaper um, for their, like, that they made up, and they wrote fake articles and little stories and cartoons and things. And I, too, started a family newspaper shortly thereafter called The Busy Bee. <laughs> and then I became a journalism major. So, I mean, the book. you were editor of your... Right. College newspaper. Did you... I got a question for you. Is that... I'm assuming when you read that and you said, I want to be a writer in the third grade, you never looked back. No. That was it. Yeah. I, I remember meeting you in college and thinking, wow, in a way I'm envious of you because you know exactly what you want to do. Yeah. Um, in college, I didn't. And, right. and you... I guess from the third grade, from this book, from this book, had known. Thank you, Joe March. It resonated. Boom! I'm going to be a writer, and you you are to this day. Well, and if you, I mean, just as a side note, and I don't want to get too deep or too political or anything, but like I have since read biographies about Louisa May Alcott, the writer of um, Little Women, and another one of my absolute favorite books um, and favorite characters, uh, An Old Fashioned Girl, which features Polly Milton. which is a beautiful, lovely, sweet book. Uh, it's one of my favorites. And um, But anyway, Louisa May Alcott was a bit of a feminist, and she was in support of women, the women's right to vote. And her dad had a really interesting view on education. And I know, of course, that my third grade brain didn't know any of that. But now that I'm an adult, the Louisa May Alcott fascinates, fascinates me just as much as Joe March. And she put so much of herself in Joe. And it's no wonder that I believe in some of the things I believe in now 
And again, I don't know that at eight years old, I realized I was believing those things or starting to take those things in. But I think it's really interesting that as an adult, um, concepts about feminism and education are really interesting to me. And it, I, I think that is due in part to the work of Louisa May Alcott. I mean, surely. It's very interesting the, you know, the influence a book or an idea can have. Uh, you know, it can plant a seed. It can grow. I think, at least for me, I think um, all three of these that I've mentioned were were seeds for me. I, I don't think they they had the influence over me that books always have for you, but but they they did. They did influence me. Um, so I'm going to mention just a couple of more, a couple more because the other books that I read, um, well, gosh, there are just so many. So I could fly through a couple. E.L. Konigsberg write, writes great middle reader books that are still, I think, really wonderful today. I recommend them to a couple of, um, I can think of a couple of, um, well-read middle readers who I've recommended her to. Um, Okay, so that's fantastic. Bridge to Terabithia, which I can't ever figure out what I have recommended on this podcast and what I haven't. But I that was a book that I took to my third grade teacher because my third grade teacher would read to us after lunch. And I, t- I remember, I looking back, I'm like, how did I have so much gumption for like a scrawny I was a scrawny little little third grader and I took that book to my teacher and I wanted her to read it out loud to my class and I went to a um small Christian uh school and the the book has the word hellhole in it and so my teacher told me she said well I can't I can't read this to the class because it has it has a bad word in it so I went home and I found the bad word and I sharpied it out and then I took it back to school and I said I took the word out <laughs> like will you please read this book to my class now and to her credit she did <laughs> so but that book um gosh is deeply sad and um gosh beautiful um so I love that book anything by Joan Bauer I feel like she is overlooked a little bit a little bit like E.L. Konigsberg is now I think E.L. Konigsberg was really lauded maybe when I was growing up um but I think sometimes gets a little lost in the shuffle today. Um, so I really recommend her and Joan Bauer's books. And then I have to give a shout out because you know much, you know how much I love these, um, to Ellen Montgomery and the Anne books. Of course, Anne of Green Gables, mm-hmm. Anne of Avonlea, um, Jordan. So our first home was on Ingleside Avenue. And there is, of course, a book called Anne of Ingleside. And I... My name is not Anne. It is really, truly birth certificate Annie. <laughs> um, but I thought, I get to be Anne of Ingleside. Like, I was so yeah. excited. Um, so I love the Anne books. That was the first time a love story really was intriguing to me at all because Anne and Gilbert were friends, and he respected how smart she was, and I loved that. And, and I, your life has played out. I was about to say, I think that really... Because we, we were friends first. So. We were friends first, and um, we competed a little bit in school, and Anne and Gilbert were very competitive in school. Um, so anyway, but... As an adult, I have realized that Anne Shirley was a rather extroverted. Like, I'm sure I'm nothing like her personality-wise, except maybe um, maybe one of our letters is pretty similar. But there's another trilogy of books that nobody ever talks about, so I'm going to tell you about them, podcast listeners, because they deserve and need to be read. So Ellen Montgomery also wrote a trilogy of books called the Emily Books, featuring Emily Starr. starts with Emily of New Moon, Emily's... 
Climb and Emily's Quest. And I frequently will recommend those along with the Anne books to customers. And this is my new line that I use because I think that it's true. I want to be Anne Shirley, but I think I really am Emily Starr. So Emily in these books is a writer, and she's a writer from age 10 and up, and you get to follow her like you do Anne all through adulthood or right into adulthood, which is really fun. Um, the Betsy, Tacey, and Tib books are fantastic. There's just so many, and many of them for me had strong female characters at the center, and I know that didn't have to be doesn't have to be the case. I feel like boys can read these books too. But for me, getting to see spunky, strong female role models in these books that I read really made an impact. Um, and I'm curious. I just ran through a quick list. Do you have any other quick ones you want to list? I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention what was formative in my high school years, which was Shakespeare. Uh, oh, yeah. That is not really a book, but we read the plays. And the man is a genius. I still have. I still wear a Shakespeare tie on some Fridays at work. Um, talk about moving. And you and had a great teacher. To teach I had an you unbelievable teacher. Kathy Hauser was an unbelievable teacher who made it live. But Hamlet, The Tempest, um, you know, um, Taming of the Shrew. Th- th- those are just unbelievable. Um, how they kind of opened my world into. Uh, well, both the world of England and the world of, you know, the old world, uh, the Eastern Yeah, you hemisphere. do have a really deep interest in that history, I have, a, and, and then in college, it was the great books, which sure. changed me more than I was going to say, book. which we could talk about you know, uh, for, we could probably do an entire podcast episode. Maybe we'll this. do that. We should do the great books. Maybe we should. I yeah. think it's pretty clear that I could talk about children's books and their influence on me for days on end. It's part of the reason I have the you job often that do. I do. You often do. <laughs> um, but if you are listening and you have any children's books that we didn't mention or that affected you as a child, we would love to know. I'm always curious um, because as my favorite Kathleen Kelly would say, the books that we read as children just affect us in ways we almost never know. So um, I would love to hear what books you read as a child that um, that influenced you and shaped you. Jordan, thank you for sharing the floor with me tonight and for talking to me about your favorite children's books. I love that we had some of the same ones. And um, I love, I think it's funny, you didn't mention Almanzo Wilder. I just knew he was going to come you up know, from a... Farmer Boy. That, yeah, you know what, that, that was a huge one. I love that book. Yeah. Um, I, I like that whole series, by the way. Um, Farmer Boy is my favorite, but yeah, that that was a good one. Yeah, so anyway, this is something Jordan and I love to talk about. It's part of the reason I'm glad we're married because we get to have these conversations all the time. Um, but if you want to join in on the fun, um, we'd love to hear your comments. You can find full episodes of the podcast at www.bookshelfthomasville.com. You can comment um, at Bookshelf TVille on Twitter and Instagram, or you can find us on Facebook at Bookshelf Thomasville. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.